Good morning, good morning, free worship. So good to see you. Everybody glad to be here? So good to have you. We're in the middle of a series. You may be seated all over the house. We're in the middle, or actually in the second week of a series that we've entitled Reruns. And if you missed last week's message, which gave you the intro to what we're doing in this series, then you probably need to go back and check it out because our campus was down last week. Uh, which means we know if you weren't here that you weren't online either. I'm just saying because <laughs> our campus was down. So go back and be sure and watch that message because God just kind of put on my heart. I don't know about you, but we all like reruns. And I talked last week a little bit about reruns and how the first rerun uh, began. Uh, but I was just thinking about reruns. Every time you pick up this word, it's a rerun. It's a rerun. You've read it. Uh, I, don't matter where I turn in the scripture, I promise you, I can begin reading it. And you say, wait a minute, I, you know what? I do remember that scripture. You know what? I do, I do remember that verse. And you may not remember the totality of the scripture, but you certainly can remember uh, parts of it. And maybe it's just something that we sang, like they sang Isaiah, they that wait on the Lord. Listen, he'll renew your strength. And so we sang that, and you know that comes from the word. And so that song was a rerun of Isaiah's scripture that he read. That song was a rerun of sermons that I've preached before. And so each week we get to see different reruns. And so I'm excited about that. And so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be taking messages that I have preached before and I'm reworking them and seeking God and seeing where we can go in the Word. So there'll be parts of the message that you may have said if you were here seven, eight, nine years ago, because this is how far back I went in these words. You may say, wait, I do. I do remember that, but I promise you there's going to be nuggets and there's going to be places in that God's going to re-speak. I believe that with everything in me. God's going to have a word. It's a today word. It's an in-season. It's a right now. It's a rhema word for each one of us. I pray you came to get your word today. I pray that you thought, you know what? I am seeking him for a word. I didn't come to be seen. I didn't come to be heard. I came to get my word from God. And so we're getting his word today. And by the way, if you've got an old favorite of mine, you think, man, I remember when you preached. Just let me know. I'll look at it and talk with God, and if God confirms it, then we'll, we may work back over and preach that message as well. But this message kind of came because of it being the end of January. Can you believe that February starts this week? I mean, it's like, gosh, we were just here having uh, 2023, and you spoke about it. We were just here having 2023 worship experience, and all, and all of a sudden January's over. Our fast is over for the year. But something we do, you can keep fasting. <laughs> something we do, oh, never mind, my bad. Something we do each January in my family. So sometimes I hate to see it roll around. I'll be honest with you, I gain weight on a fast a lot of times. I mean, I really, I, really, I know that sounds crazy, but you know, when you're eating beans, you're eating a lot of carbs. I mean, you just, you really are. But, but our family goes on diets. Ugh. <laughs> Who likes a diet? Don't, don't raise your hand, because if you raise it, we're going to have an altar call right now. So we're going on week five of our diet. I'm tired. But I'm down 11 pounds. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. I'm down 11 pounds. And, but, but, but the whole family's on, on a diet. And so I just thought about that. I thought about how we do that in January. Every January, we start saying, oh, I'm going to be better. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to give. I'm going to eat right. I'm going to start everything out good. And, but the truth of it is, do you really like those things? Does anybody like to exercise? Oh, my God. And by the way, I have not exercised one drop. My wife gets up every morning. I'm going to tell on this just for a few moments. I'll get in the word in a minute. Every morning, and she exercises. I mean, she does because she wants to say, I mean, listen, I applaud her for that. Cause I'm telling you, I can't do it. I wish I could. I can't stand a treadmill. I'm just going to go and say, I hate. 
I hate a treadmill. I just, I just don't like it. I don't like to exercise. But she does it every single morning, and I'm just, I'm proud of her for that, and you have to do that. I really need to do it because, see, I'd probably tone in places that I normally wouldn't tone. I, I would probably some places that, that would get better than just doing dieting if I would put a little exercise to it. But I'm going to be honest with you, I hate to exercise. And I got to thinking about it, and listen, I'm telling you, I believe having to work out and exercise is of the devil. It's in the Bible. I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. I'm telling you. Listen, the devil calls fat and calories. It's going, it's, I'm going to show it to you. It's in the Bible. Listen, the devil calls all of that. It's biblical. Listen, if you don't believe me, Adam and Eve was absolutely perfect when God created the garden. Listen, when God reached down and he made man in his likeness, listen, it was beautiful and it was perfect. And I'm telling you, Eve was, a, Eve was a zero. I mean, you know what I'm saying? She was a perfect zero. Everything was perfect about Eve. Everything, man, Adam was fit. I'm telling you because God don't make no junk. He still don't make no junk. But when the enemy came in, the enemy caused fat and he caused calories. Y'all think I'm telling the story. Watch this. I'm going to show it to you. I'm going to show it. It's right here in the Bible. Watch this. In Genesis chapter number 2 and verse number 25, watch what the Bible says. The Bible says, and they both were naked, man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. You know why? Because they were not worried about fat. They were not worried about calories. And all of a sudden, watch this. I always thought fruit was good for you. I always thought it was good. But the moment they partook of fruit, listen, the moment they ate it, all of a sudden sin and fat grams and calories and sugar, all that came into existence. You don't believe me. Watch what the Bible says. Because the Bible says a little bit later that they had to cover up because they were ashamed. When did they get ashamed? After they ate that apple. I want to help some of my daughters. I about forgot this. I want to help some of my daughters today because we're doing kind of this low sugar, zero sugar type thing. Ah, I found, anybody doing that? Anybody trying to cut out sugars a little bit this year? Okay, well, I won't, I'll keep that to myself then. Anybody? Y'all just, y'all don't want to admit it. I mean, okay, well, let me, let me help you. Some of you look like you need to cut out some sugars. How about, okay, so I'm going to help. praise the Lord. Listen, we found this this week. No sugar, 90 calories. Watch this. It get, and there's more. It gets even better. Zero sugar. Ooh, icing. I mean, it is the bottom. So we, they make yellow cake mix, by the way. Let me do a little advertisement. They make yellow cake mix. They make cinnamon uh, cake mix, all with zero sugar. So that's your blessing for today. If you didn't know that and you're trying to cut out sugar, look, it makes a nice little snack that you can have. But listen, don't blame me. Blame Eve. And blame Adam because they caused every bit of this on us. Because they ate of the fruit, and the next thing you know, people were creating treadmills, and people were creating ellipticals. I hate an elliptical. They were creating treadmills and ellipticals and E2M. I know y'all done heard that. And Noom. Anybody on Noom? Anybody heard about Noom? I, I ran into somebody at work this week, and they were like, oh, I'm on Noom. I was like, oh, okay, what's Noom? It's, a, it's an app, and it helps me. I was like, okay. I mean, he really had lost a lot of weight, but I was like, wow. And then came aerobics. And Weight Watchers, I'm just going to keep going. Did I hit y'all's yet? And World Fitness, and all these things came. And, but I, uh, did I tell y'all I hate treadmills? <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I, I, hate, I hate treadmills, but watch this. Peloton, I'll give you this real quick. Peloton has come out with a, with a new treadmill. Watch this. Watch this video real quick. Stay with me, Peloton. You got it. Come on. Experience total body training. Let's go. With the Peloton Tread Plus. Go the distance in any weather. Go, push, push. With engaging runs on our softest road. 20 seconds. This winter, your hardest workouts are right at home. 
Remember, go and look to your neighbor and say, yeah, right. Good. Transform your training with the Peloton Shred Plus. Nice job. Listen, I don't care if you put Stay a screen me, Peloton, in front of me and you tell me to go, go, go. I still hate a treadmill. Listen, I, I'm telling you, nobody wants to be, anybody, anybody want to be on a treadmill? I don't care if you gave one of these away. I do not, I would not take it. But it's not, it's not the treadmill, though. It's the results of the treadmill that you like. Right, it's the, it's the results. There's something about elliptical. I can't get my balance. You everybody been on elliptical? I just can't seem to get my balance. I think it's my ADHD. I mean, like, I'm just all over the place on elliptical. But listen, it don't matter if you like the treadmill. Listen, it doesn't matter if you, if you like the elliptical or not. That's, not. that's not what it's about. Listen, it is about the results that you're wanting. Because I don't care how good they make it. Listen, in just a few moments on one of those machines, you're going to be sweating and stank. Listen, I mean, you're going to be tired and you're going to be out of breath. You don't like the treadmill, but you do like the results of the treadmill. And so I got to thinking about this. If you get on the treadmill and if you eat low sugar and you do all these diets you can do, then you can get back in some jeans that maybe you hadn't seen in a while. Then you can get back to a way that you like it. But I thought about all of this. When we get to heaven, there is going to be no counting calories. Somebody ought to say amen. Listen, when we get to heaven, there's no going to be watching your fat grams. There's going to be absolutely no dieting. But watch this. I'm going to help us today because we can forget all that. Listen, forget all that about being overweight and needing to lose weight. If we just stop comparing to one another. Listen, I'm telling you, if we would stop comparing to one another, we would get a whole lot better. We'd be a whole lot better off. Listen, you think, and women, I'm, I'm no offense, but women are the world's worst at it. I mean, men do it too, but you, listen, we compare. We compare absolutely everything. Listen, the only reason some of you want to diet is because you've compared yourself to somebody else. You think, I got to get like that. I mean, I got to lose weight. Do you, did you see them? I mean, they looking like they in shape, and they looking like they got everything together. It's because we compare. But watch this. The Bible says for us to run our own race. Listen, the Bible says for us to run our own race. Go on and stand and let's read the scripture for the Hebrews chapter number 12. Let's stand for the reading of God's scripture. The Hebrews chapter number 12, beginning at verse number 1. Then we'll go to 1 Samuel uh, chapter number 18. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. I need to preach on that sometime. <laughs> ah, I'm just saying, we are surrounded. In other words, somebody's watching you run your race. Come on, watch this. Somebody, somebody's watching. There's a whole cloud of people, and they're paying attention to everything that we do. Let us, therefore, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Did y'all see that? God said, I got a race marked out for you. Watch this. Verse number two tells you how to do it. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, what you looking at? Go on, look at your neighbor and say, what? come on, ask somebody, what you look at? Fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Watch this, 1 Samuel, chapter number 18, beginning at verse number 5. Look, whatever mission Saul went on, sent him on, David was successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistines, the women came out in front of all the towns of Israel to meet the king Saul with songs and dancing. This was something they would always do. And with joyful songs and timbrels and lyrics. And they would come out and they would dance and they would sing. And man, Saul would feel so mighty. And Saul just felt like the, the big hip came. And all of a sudden this day they started singing, Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousands. Tens of thousands. Watch this. The Bible says Saul was angry. 
The Bible says, Saul, watch this, this refrain displeased him greatly. In other words, I said, this song they were singing, he didn't like it. He didn't like it one bit. Watch what the Bible says. And they, they, have, they have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought. But me? Only thousands? What more can he get but the kingdom? Watch this. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Now, I want you to remember this because Hebrews told us what? He told us to run. And the writer of Hebrews, we don't know who it was, but the writer of Hebrews said, when you do run, you better fix your eyes. Who? You better fix your eyes on Jesus. And here we see Saul, and he is running. But guess what? He has not fixed his eyes on Jesus. Saul has his eyes fixed on David. Saul is busy watching David instead of watching what God was calling him to do. And today I want to preach a message that I've entitled, Who You Got Your Eyes On? Who you got your eyes on? Look at David and say, don't be looking at me. You may be seated all over the house. God, you bless the reading of your scripture today. Listen, can I tell you God has designed you very uniquely? Listen, I'm serious. God has designed you uniquely. Listen, God has created in you something that he did not create in anybody else. Listen, you, you are not cut from a mold that everybody else was cut from. No, no, God individually picked you out and said, this is what I want to do with Chad Vick. Listen, this is what I want to do with Jim Gardner. This is what I'm planning to do with Tara Vick. Listen, God cut you out. God designed you uniquely, and God created you perfectly just for him. And so often, instead of running after the purpose and the calling that God uniquely created us to do, watch this, we tripping with our eyes on somebody else. Ah, <laughs> y'all don't like the word now. You like when I was talking about Saul. You don't like when I'm talking about you, but that's the truth. God created us uniquely. God created us, and we are so busy trying to keep up with everybody else. Listen, when they are not called to be you, and you are not called to be them. Listen, I want you to get this. I'm going to give you about four or five nuggets today. Watch this. Nugget number one, comparing will stunt your growth spiritually. Listen, I want you to see this. The Bible, I'm, I'm showing it to you in the Bible, but comparing, write this down. Comparing, maybe you want to text this to somebody. Comparing will stunt your growth spiritually. I want you to get this because comparison is a great distraction and it causes destruction. Listen, I'm going to teach it to you in just a few moments. Comparison is a distraction and it causes a great distraction. Destruction. The enemy knows if he can just get you to compare. The enemy knows that if he can get you looking at somebody else, instead of doing what the writer of Hebrews has already told us, he says, listen, I've got a race for you. I've got a spot for you. But you got to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Y'all do know everything in the Scripture is written for a purpose. Listen, Hebrews could have said, hey, guys, listen, I got, you got a race, and I want you to run it. But no, no. He said God uniquely has a lane. Did y'all see that? Marked out for you, but you've got to keep your eyes on Jesus, but the enemy knows if he can just get us to begin to compare, if he can just get us to fix our eyes on somebody else, y'all do know that's what happened to him, right? Listen, you do know that, the, that, that Satan, Lucifer, was in heaven, and he was singing, and listen, he was singing praises, and he was just so excited, but all of a sudden, he began to compare himself with God. He said, oh, I can be, wait a minute, I can be like God. And so I want you to see today that when you begin to compare, watch, it'll steal your joy, Listen, I'm going to help us today. Listen, if you, if you begin to compare, listen, it, it, will, it will take your contentment. And the Bible tells us that godliness with contentment, watch this, is great gain. 
So the enemy knows if he can get you to compare and he can get your contentment discombobulated, then watch, then he will stunt your growth spiritually, which is what I'm teaching you. Comparing will stunt your growth spiritually. Watch what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10 and 12. It says, we do not have, I love the Message Bible, we do not have the audacity to put ourselves in the same class or compare ourselves, watch this, with someone who commends themselves. When they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves, they lack wisdom, watch this word, and behave like fools. Did anybody see what I just read you in the Scripture? Listen, the Bible says you are crazy. The Bible says you lack wisdom when you begin to compare. Listen, if we're not careful, watch nugget number two. You will miss your calling comparing. Listen, you will miss your calling comparing. You need to get that in your spirit because we all have a calling. Listen, I'm telling you, we are uniquely made. I told you that. You guys said amen, praise the Lord. But listen, that means God has a purpose for you. That means God has something that he wanted you to do. Listen, God, before the foundations of the earth, looked down and said, guess what? I can use you to do this in that generation. Y'all do know we're in this, this generation for a purpose. Listen, it's not by mistake or accident that we were placed here, but God uniquely has something for us to do. We were not created just to suck up air. Listen, we were not created just to exist, but God has something specific. Listen, Jesus died for you because he knew that he had a specific job and purpose for you to do. Watch this. He has a unique individual assignment. God has his own assignment. Listen, March 18, 1975, God said, I'm going to put this man on assignment. I got an assignment for him. And let me just for the record go on tell you, there is a difference in a career and a calling. Okay, there, there's a difference. Listen, and a career is what you get paid to do. Listen, a calling is what you were made to do. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, there's a big difference in your career and in your calling. So you've got to be so careful to look and say, God, what is it that you have called me to do? God, what is my purpose? God, what did you place me on this earth to do? And here's what I want to tell you. Whatever he placed you here to do, he equips you to do it. Jim talked about it this morning. Everything that God has for you to do, he's already given you to do it. So you don't need to compare yourself to somebody else. What you need to do is just search on the inside of you and say, God, what is it that you've placed me here to do? God, what assignment have you given me? God, why did you create me? What was I born to do? And you need to know this. That's a nugget of truth there. Everything you need, you have it. Ooh, come on, somebody. I'm telling you, when he created you and fashioned you and formed you in your mother's womb, he equipped you with everything that you needed for the assignment that you needed. And the day you discover what's inside of you, listen, is the day you discover your assignment. The day you discover what's in you. Stop looking to see what's in somebody else and look at what's on the inside of you because it's at that moment that you will find your assignment. Listen, the day that you stop comparing is the day that you'll find you. Listen, it's the day that you will find you. I'll take it a little step further. Listen, if you don't have it, help me, you don't need it. You say, well, Pastor, I don't have this and I don't have that, but guess what? You don't need it. Listen, if God wanted you to be taller, he'd have made you taller. Listen, if God wanted you to be faster, he'd make you faster. If God wanted you to be able to sing, he'd make you to sing. If God wanted you to preach, he would anoint you to preach. Whatever it is God has designed you to do, he will equip you and has already equipped you 
to do it. Look at your neighbor and tell them you got all you need. Go and tell somebody something. You, come on, tell somebody something. You got all you need. So guess what? You can stop comparing and stop complaining about the things that you don't have and start thanking him for the things that you do have. Listen, thank him for the things that he has put inside of you that is unique to absolutely you. Stop whining about the things that you are missing in life and thank him for what's already there. Thank him for what he's already put in you. Ma'am, he made you the way you are. He put you on assignment. He's got a job for you, and he's already put in you everything you need. You just got to find it on the inside. Watch this. Ephesians 2 and 10 says, for we are his workmanship. Listen, he, our own masterwork, a work of art created in Jesus Christ, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works. Watch this, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths, which he said, so that we would walk in them, living the good life, which, watch this, which he prearranged and made ready for us. Isn't that what the writer of Hebrews said? The writer of Hebrews said, guess what? you got to run with perseverance. The race that God, I love the way it said, has marked out for. The race that God has marked out for you. I don't know about you, but that excites me to think God has a, a race marked out for me. God, God has a lane. God has a, God has a street with my name on it. Come on, somebody. Listen, God has a road, and it's got my name, in, and it's my world when I'm on that street. It's what God is calling me do. Look at your neighbor and tell him, stay in your lane. Come on. Listen, tell somebody, stay in your lane. Listen, take a look at this picture that we got here, the picture of the lanes, if you would, the, the runners. Listen, they got a, each of them's got a lane marked out, the track picture. Yeah. That's, listen, each one of them has a, a lane that's marked out specifically for them. And I, somebody maybe runs track. I know nothing about track, but I know one thing, they got to stay in their lane. <laughs> that's all I know about track. That's, that's, the, that's the whole but is there any penalties for if they go in another lane, somebody that's ran a track before? I mean, do you, you got to, anybody know that? I just got to think about that this morning. It just hit me. I thought, I wonder if there's penalties for trying to run in somebody else's lane. I mean, like if you step, like a football, you step on the white line, you out. I just, I just, I don't know. Somebody can tell me that as we go out the door. But here's what I found so interesting. Just keep that picture up. Listen, nobody's crossing other lanes. Listen, no, nobody's trying to get in nobody else's lane because every one of them knows exactly which lane is theirs, and they know it is their job to stay within their lane. Ah, you got to stay in your lane. And the writer of Hebrews said, here's how you stay in it. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You don't know how to stay in your lane and not be in mind? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because listen, if you are busy watching him, you won't have time to watch me. <laughs> listen, I mean, if you're keeping your eyes on him, I'm just saying, if you're keeping your eyes on, on him, then, then you don't have to look to me. You run your eyes fixed on Jesus. And the more and more you do that, listen, the more and more you just stay focused solely on him, you'll realize how you're unlike anybody else in this world. Well, watch this nugget number three that you'll learn. Listen, once you are his, <laughs> you're no longer yours. Ooh, that's good preaching, Pastor. Y'all get scared on this one. Listen, once you are his, you are no longer yours. And so you got to get that because so often we say, well, I'm just a I'm just, I'm just a preacher. No, oh, are you kidding me? You're God's mouthpiece. You see what I'm saying? You say, oh, I'm just a teacher. Are you crazy? You're not just a teacher. You're the only Jesus that some of those kids are going to see. And trust me, I know I'm there. You're the, only, you're the only Jesus that some of them, well, I'm just a cashier. You may be the only smiling face. Come on, you got to realize God has you placed exactly where he's got you, and he's got you for, oh, there for a very purpose. Don't just say, I'm just a, don't just say, well, I'm just a nurse. Are you crazy? You are God's healing hands. You are, the, you are reaching and helping people when, when 
when their mama won't even put a Band-Aid on them. Are y'all hearing what I'm teaching today? I'm telling you, that's what God has placed us there for. Somebody said, I'm just a, I'm just a mom. Yeah, well, I know just a mom that put two fish and five loaves in, in, a, little, in a little basket, and all of a sudden, yeah, you tell me you just a mom. <laughs> little just, I'm just a little stay-at-home mom. Well, that little stay-at-home mom, listen, I'm telling you, reached 5,000 people just staying at home, just been doing what God has called her to do. Be so careful that you don't say, well, I'm just a but no, fix your eyes on Jesus and no, I'm just on a mark for him. No, I'm just on a path that he's called me to be on. No, this ain't my career. This is my calling. Listen, this is what God has called me to do. Now, I want you to see this. Put that picture back up of those people running. Because as these people are, are running, because I'm going to tell you, watch, this is another little nugget I want to give you. I believe it's a nugget I want to give you. Watch this. Put that up real quick. The runners, the same runners again. Listen, if any one of those runners start watching the other person beside them, they're going to lose. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if any one of them don't keep their eyes fixed on the very end, listen, if any one of them don't keep their eyes fixed on their lane, I'm t- the very moment that they start trying to look at somebody, well, let me see where they are. They're going to start falling behind us. I want you to get that. When you start comparing, you lose. Listen, when you start, there's your nugget. When you start comparing, you lose. I want you to get that in your spirit because comparison does the same thing to your spirit. It does. Listen, Saul was happy being Saul. He he was so happy being the king until all of a sudden he started comparing himself to David. Listen, now you got to get this because Saul was the king of Israel. He was the first king of Israel. He was anointed and he was appointed. That was his path. That was where God had placed him. Watch what the Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 10, verse number 1. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and he poured it over Saul's head. Watch this. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you. He says, listen, I want to tell you something, Saul. I want to show you the lane that God has for you. I want to show you the two lines that God wants you to stay between. He has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. Did anybody hear that? And then you go down 23 verses later, the Bible says that he stood far and above all of the rest. Matter of fact, the Bible says it like this. It says he was head and shoulders above any other man. I'm telling you, Saul was the man. Listen, he was, the, he was the king in any sense of the word because God had blessed his kingship. Listen, God had placed him on that mission. That was his mark. God had laid out this lane just for Saul. And listen, that reminds me to tell you today, you got to realize that God has put you where he's put you, and don't you ever forget that. Listen, God has put you where he has put you, and don't you ever forget that it was God that puts you there. Listen, I'm telling you, I believe that's what happened to Saul. I believe he forgot it was God. Listen, it was God that made a way that seemed like there was no way. I'm telling you, you got to remember, it was God that put you there. It was God that put you on that job. Listen, it was God that gave you that person in your life that now you have kids with. Listen, it was God. Don't ever forget. Can I help us today? Listen, don't ever forget that it was God that did it for us. Because whenever you take your eyes off of knowing that God does it all, Listen, whenever you take your eyes off of knowing that, that God is the one that has me marked with these marching orders, God has given me, oh, that's a good one. God has given me my marching orders. God is the one that has designed my path, and I believe that's what happened to Saul. Listen, I believe Saul no longer had his eyes on God. And I believe you can see in the Scripture that Saul all of a sudden fixed his eyes on David. Look at verse number 9. And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Ah, did anybody see that? Now, oh, look at these lines. Thank you, Jesus. It's perfect. Listen, Saul was right in his lane doing what he was supposed to do until he noticed David. Listen, he was on assignment from God. King, head above everybody else, 
Everybody revered him. Everybody, oh, they came out. The ladies would come out and sing songs to him. But watch this, because I want you to see something in verse number 10 that I have not read to you yet. Because I want you, this is one of your nuggets. Nugget number four. Comparing is more dangerous than you know. It's not just a cute little title or a topic for a sermon. It is more dangerous than you know. Watch verse number 10, what the Bible says. The Bible says, and the next day, oh, I want you to see this. And the next day, an evil spirit from God, an evil spirit from God came forcibly on Saul. Listen, not being appreciative of what God has given you. Listen, not being appreciative of where God has put you is more dangerous than you ever know. Listen, comparing yourself and your life to other people is more dangerous than you know. Come on, can I go on and serve notice this weekend? Can I go on and give you a warning this weekend? It's in verse number 10. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcibly on Saul. And it all began when Saul no longer had his eyes fixed on God, but he had fixed his eyes on David. Now, time out a minute because Hebrew says to fix your eyes on Jesus. But notice what happened because Saul began to compare. I'm telling you, that's what happened. You sit right there. Look at verse number 6. You can see when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out. It's, it's, you know, I see whose fault it was. The, I'm just speaking. Calm down. All the towns of Israel, the, well, the women came out. All, from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and joyful songs and timber. They danced and they sang, Saul has slain his thousands. And David, his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. Ooh, don't miss what I just read to you. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me. Do y'all know any but me people? Listen, do, do y'all know those people that it's always got to come back and circle back to them? You, surely y'all don't know those people that no matter what you start talking about, all of a sudden it finds a way to all of a sudden come back to them. He would say, hey, David has kids of tens of thousands, but me have only done thousands. Listen, but me, watch this, but me will blind you from what God is doing in your life. Listen, when you become a but me person, it will blind you from the things that God is trying to do in your life. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, listen, while you are running this race, I want you to fix, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. I don't want you to take your eyes and put them on anybody else. Listen, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus because but me, watch this, but me will rob you. Listen, but me will steal from you, but me will take your joy, but me will take your peace, but me will keep you from being able to sleep at night. Come on, I'm trying to help you today. If you are a but me person, you say, I don't know about that. What's a, what's a but me? Okay, let me give you some. Watch this. A but me person would be one that cannot celebrate the successes of others. That's a but me. That's a but me person. Watch that. A but me person is someone that cannot compliment others because you think it's going to take something from you. Listen, that's a, that's a but me person. Listen, if there's anyone oh, watch that. Oh, this is good. I'm going to read it. If there's anyone in your life that you secretly enjoy seeing them fail, 
That is the person that you are racing. Listen, oh, I'm going to read it again. If there's anyone in your life that you secretly enjoy seeing them fail, that is the person that you are racing, and you are a but-me person. Come on, I wrote it right down for you to give it to you today. You might be a but-me person if. But here's the sad thing. Why it says social media, social media makes it so easy to be a but-me person. Listen, because we are constantly looking at everybody else's life. Uh, listen, I'm telling you, we've not seen anything like this before and, and ever in our, our lifetime. Listen, I mean, I wish sometimes we could go back to a time that I didn't know what you was having for supper unless you invited me over to eat. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I, I wish we could go back to a time that I didn't know where your family went on vacation because then, then I didn't have to find the money to take my family on that vacation. You know what I'm saying? I just wish we could go back. I wish we could go back to a time where we didn't know that you got a new house and a new Mercedes and got a swimming pool put in. I just, I wish we could go back to see that you got that bold and that mud. I just wish you'd go back time because it causes us to trip in our lane. Listen, because we're so busy trying to find out what everybody else is doing. Social media causes us to be a but me person. Listen, no wonder credit card debt's at an all-time high. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, no wonder, no wonder you can't sleep. No wonder you got to take something to sleep at night. Listen, we're so busy looking and wondering what everybody else is doing. Oh, don't let me leave this one out. No wonder your kids have self-esteem issues. Listen, because we're so busy wondering what everybody else is doing. Ronald, you come on. Watch this. Listen, we can't take our eyes off of everybody else, and it causes us to miss out on realizing what all God has done for us. Listen, we are constantly trying to walk in the lane that God has provided us, and, and we're so busy looking and comparing to everybody else. It takes us off of what God has done for us. Listen, I'm just thinking, play them keys because I want to make a comment. I just thought about it. It just hit me. But, man, listen, we're busy. Man, I wish I could play like that. I, yeah, like that. Man, I wish. Listen, you said, wait. God didn't gift you to do that. That is his gift. Never had a lesson in his life. That is his, that's his gift. That's his lane and that's his calling. Listen, so stay out of his lane. And look into your lane and fix your eyes on Jesus and say, Oh, God, you know what? You have blessed. God, you blessed me with a ministry. God, you've blessed me. God, you've anointed me some crazy how to be able to preach and share the gospel in, in a unique way that, that maybe other people can't do. That, that's my lane. That's what you've given me to do. God, you've gifted me with that. Well, guess what? I gotta stay in that lane. Listen, because I don't have the ministry of Stephen Furtick. I'd like it. I mean, if I'm looking, let me look real quick. If I'm looking outside the... But no, no, i got to stay in the lane that God's given. This, this is the lane that God has put me in. Listen, and I'm telling you, here's what you do, because God inhabits the praise of his people. What you do is you begin thanking him for the things that he has given you. Listen, whether it's little or whether it's a lot. Listen, if you if you got a little, it's probably over mistakes and mess-ups and mishaps and stuff that you've done in life. Let's just be honest. I mean, God didn't get you in debt, you got you in debt. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So so don't 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 blame God for that. But thank him that your bills were paid this morning. Listen, thank him that your money is longer than your month. Come on, you need you gotta thank him. You gotta thank him for those things in life. You gotta say, God, you have you have blessed me. Now, God, I, I haven't always done good with what you've given me. I, I've messed up the things that you have given me, but God, I'm keeping my eyes on you. Because you have the plan. Y'all stand all over the house. You have the plan and you have the path. Sorry, Jim. I got a couple more notes, but I'm gonna stop right here. <laughs> you got the plan and you got the path. It's not because of time, it's because God says stop here. God, you got the plan, and you got the path. Listen, I'm going to tell you, there's something about praising him.
There's something about being obedient to what he's called you to do. Listen to it. He'll pour stuff on you. I'm telling you. I can tell you from experience. Listen, God, I got to pour stuff on you for just being obedient to what he's called you to do. Listen, just for blessing. Oh, God, we bless your holy name for what you've done, for the lane you have given me, for the life you've called me, for the family that you've given me. I'm telling you, there's something God inhabits, and that word means inhabit means God goes and dwells. God, God shows up. You want God to show up in your situation? Thank him for what he's done. Listen, even in the midst of a bad situation, just stop and say, you know what? It's not about me, because what happens in bad situations, we start focusing on what they're mean to me, and they've done this to me, and they've hurt me, and there's people at my work, and me, me. No, God. You've done so much. Can't even thank you for all the things that you have you have done. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. I'm trying to land a plane. Listen, I believe God has put me on assignment to remind us that you have an assignment. Listen, you, you have a purpose and a reason that God created you. And I thank God just for a few moments. I think he wants me to talk to those who've got off course. Okay, that's, that's what I'm feeling right now is that there's some of you in here today and you've gotten off course. You've gotten off track. And today God sent you this way and put you under this word today so you can say, God, I want, I want back in my lane. I've wandered out of my lane. God, I'm way over here to the side somewhere because I got distracted. and I, I mean, life got hard and, and, and life got, and I'm, I'm just distracted. I, listen, this is straight from God. Nothing in my notes. I'm telling you, this is just, and I got distracted. I'm off course. Today, I want to get back in my lane. I believe God wants to talk to you. And if you're here today, just nobody looking at me, you're here today and say, Pastor, thank you. Because I'm getting back in my lane. Come on, would you just lift up your hand? I, you're not telling me, you're telling God, God bless you. I'm getting back in my lane. God bless you and you and you and you. I'm getting back in my lane. I'm getting back in my lane. I'm back on a, God, I'm reporting for duty. I'm back on assignment. Then there are those here today, and because of the weight of the world and the heaviness of life. Listen, nobody tells, nobody preaches from this pulpit that life isn't hard. Listen, and that life can't get heavy. But what I will tell you is that he said in this world you will have trouble, but you can be of good cheer. I have overcome. He said, I mean, I done, I done tackled everything you're going to go through. It's done. It's done. Just stay in your lane and stay on your assignment. It is, it is done. So if you're here today, and maybe life has gotten heavy and life has gotten hard, and listen, you, you step down your praise. Today, I just want you to bless him today. Listen, bless him in whatever way you bless him, through your heart, through your tears. Listen, whether it's raising a hand, whether it's kneeling at an altar, I want you to bless the Lord today and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Yes, life's been heavy, but God, thank you for what I do have. God, help me to be a good steward of what you have given me. That's your word for this weekend. That's your word. We're going to open up the altar. You come today. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, listen, you're just wondering aimlessly. <laughs> listen, listen you, you're all over the place. I'm just going to tell you, you, you're all over the place. If you've never asked him to come in and to save you and forgive you of your sins, to come inside of you and live inside of you, listen, I invite you to do that today. Listen, don't leave this. That's why we even have a ministry. Yes, it's here to freely worship. Yes, it's here to freely give Him praise. Listen, if you're here and you're lost, you are the reason we have ministry. That's why we're here. That's why we study. That's why we do. That's why we rent this building. It's because we want to reach you. 
So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, just ask Him to come in. It's, it's really simple. God, come into my life and save me. I'm dirty. I'm wretched. I'm, I don't know why you'd want to save me. But come in and, and save me. So if that's your prayer today, listen, don't leave this place. Don't leave this. Matter of fact, I'd invite you to step out even right now. You step out and meet me at that altar. If that's what God's called you, if God's knocking on your heart's door for salvation, don't you leave this place getting things right. Christians, we invite you to come and do business with God today. That's why we have an altar. You come.